Welcome to the Cashflow Legends Podcast with your hosts, Nate, Brandon, and Brock. Remember, our insights are not direct financial advice, so consult with your financial team before making any decisions based on the topics discussed in this show. All right, welcome back to Cashflow Legends. Do us a huge favor. If this is bringing any value to you when you listen, please hit all of those buttons that the social media powers that be have created. Like, subscribe, share. If it brings any value at all, that does a huge benefit to us and what we're trying to do to share. So we would appreciate that. All right. We're excited today at Cashflow Legends to get clarity on how this young looking whippersnapper Brock got here this quick when it took Nate and I the latter half of our thirties to even get introduced to what Brock has been around and known for all of his twenties. And he's only roughly halfway through his twenties. All right. So Brock, tell us, a little bit about where you started under the basically your baseline knowledge of what we do now and how it brought you to here. And we'll dive in, Nate, and I'll jump in and just pick your brain along the way. Yeah, absolutely. So how did I get here? Um, so I did, I did the traditional path of, you know, going to high school, playing the sports and thinking I would, you know, go on to play college sports and go to a big university and all that ended up um playing a little bit of baseball but giving that up um due to some injuries and and when i graduated from high school one of the thoughts that you know runs through most people's mind is okay well what am i going to do what's my major what am i going to do all this stuff and i had no idea what um i wanted to do i always thought my life would be centered around baseball and if baseball didn't work out, I'd probably just join the military and continue moving on with life. Um, but with those injuries, uh, I gave both of those up and, um, my father actually, um, who never really, uh, shared what he did with me or, uh, I never really asked either. I just knew that going on to baseball games and tournaments that he was always on the phone talking to somebody else and, uh, always talking uh, on the phone, sharing wisdom and asking questions and, I didn't really take a lot of, of notice to it until later, later uh, on, probably later years of high school and into summer of college. And one day he asked me if I wanted to come to one of his workshops in Nashville where he was teaching other advisors. And I said, well, you know, I, I guess I don't have anything else to do. So ended up going um, in the fall of 2016 um, and absolutely just fell in love with it uh, right off the bat. And, I was just filled with joy of how much you get to help people um, through the work that we do. And one of the things that has become clear to me over the last, I would say, year is the ability to speak possibility into people and letting them know what's actually possible and helping them dream again rather than just falling on the traditional path and, and giving up that American dream that most people just let go of. What about that first, you know, event you went to with your dad? What about that jumped out to you so much? What piqued your interest? What caught your attention? Do you remember like one specific thing or was it just the whole experience in general? You know, I think it was just the whole experience in general and in, in the conversations of stepping into your authority and 
speaking with boldness, not at your clients, but with your clients so that they have somebody who's an advocate for their financial life that um, most advisors in this world today, unfortunately, just lackadaisically just, oh, well, you know, you're just like everybody else. You know, if you just put money in, a, in an account, you know, it should hopefully grow over time. And that wasn't the case when I showed up there. It was much more of, hey, we're asking questions. We want to know what actually is going on in somebody's life. And the what I call, what my dad calls the physics of money and understanding how those physics work. All right. So, Nate, you and I came to be sitting here having this awesome conversation, really from reading Becoming Your Own Banker, our eyes being open to a whole new world that really, for me, hurt my brain. Nate was immediately like, if this makes sense at all, we got to get on this. We were at a point in our life where I don't want to say we were... Um, Nate and I have always enjoyed anything we've been doing because we, you know, we were raised to be grateful, but we were looking for something new. Okay, so we came into it headfirst on uh, Nelson Nass's, you know, mindset, background, becoming your own maker, and that plays a huge role in who your dad is because he did uh, live family meetings basically uh, with Nelson in the '90s, which is pretty mm -hmm. wild. So, Nate, talk a little bit about, and then you know throw any questions at Brock and his journey with how we came to it all only pretty much from the point of view of infinite banking and Nelson's becoming your own banker and what we've learned and how it connected us with Brock and more the holistic approach and kind of how that all ties us together. Well, you know, thinking back on, on our journey, Brandon, and how it all started through accountability, uh, you know, you and I had started reading books together and it was it was this collection uh between the two of us of just wanting to be challenged in our thinking and being excited about the things that we were reading and learning and and it up until that point had nothing to do with money um but we were just really excited about where this journey we were going on and uh hungry for new challenges along the way and uh you know, it was just God's timing that this book showed up and it fed that hunger that we were searching for. It fed that challenge that we were looking for. Um, but the the thing I think about when Brock kind of tells his story is uh, really some uh, some parental wisdom here is don't push your kids into things. Let them discover where they want to be in life. And it doesn't sound like Brock, you really were ever, you ever felt, um, uh, pressure to, to move into doing what your dad was doing. Never. Yeah, never. I, all I knew was he talked on the phone a lot and he would leave, uh, town for about a week and he'd come back with a bunch of presents from the, from the different places where there was a desert. Cause I'd get rocks, rock candy, beanie babies, oh. all that type of stuff. Okay, so you, you said you just Sounds knew like he talked to people. Cracker Barrel a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I remember yeah. I remember those days of getting rock candy at Cracker Barrel. Heck uh, yeah, so, they still have it. Cracker Barrel, like when when I was a kid, like Cracker Barrel was like the stuff. Like if you ever mm -hmm. went on a vacation and you didn't stop at Cracker Barrel, something was wrong. Yeah, that, that goes parents, to show who's from Tennessee, because in <laughs> here in Tennessee, we still do that. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think Tennessee and Texas have a lot of similarities, you know, in, uh, in history and mindset and behavior. So that's pretty cool. Okay. So Nate, you brought up a great point. We were, and this ties into, it'll probably tie into any episode we have. The someone's desire for becoming self-aware of where they want to go or how they've gotten to where they are right now is going to play a larger role than money. Money is just going to be the lighter fluid on wherever your mindset is, good or bad. Um, it exposes who we are, and that can be that can be really cool or really ugly. Okay, so. Brock, you think you're going on this one path in your mind. You're going to play college ball, go to the military. Uh, life changes. Some injuries happen. You go to this event with your dad, and you're just it just becomes obvious. It sounds like this is what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And so what has that looked like from, that was roughly, what, seven years ago, it sounds like, well, to now? Good. Tell us a little bit about your journey and what you've learned. Now, I want to emphasize something here, and this is something Nate and I have learned a lot. If you live in the mindset that you can only learn from people older than you, you are succumbing to a lie that people like to tell you because of this hierarchy thing. We learn from Brock all the time, okay? And he is way younger than us. So one of the best ways to say that I know someone's willing to grow is if they're willing to listen to people from different ages and backgrounds and re- professions and religions and those kind of things. And they're less worried about the stereotype of whatever that means. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, your own journey. What have you learned in the past seven years? Maybe some big impactful things you learned along the way and maybe where you are right now that could be a benefit to somebody around your age or our age. Yeah. I think, you know, the, one of the biggest lessons that I learned um, and I think I talked about this on a different podcast was, the quality of your life depends on the quality of the questions that you ask. And when I first started out in this business as a young whippersnapper uh, at 18, (laughs) I was going into meetings with people obviously way older than me who had way more money than I did. But I went in there to prove why I was right and why they were wrong. And, And I didn't fully grasp um, the impact of what that was. Um, and even today, like some people talk to me about how they're a little intimidated by me. And that often comes from the fact that I used to show up as somebody why, you know, this is why I'm right. And your idea is not right. And you're dumb and I'm better, smarter and can figure this math out. And when I began to understand that, you know, in life, there's things that we know, there are the things that we know we don't know, then there's the things that we don't know that we don't know. But the best way to learn that stuff and to expand uh, our thought process, our horizons, whatever it may be, is not through, you know, just somebody beating it into you and telling you why you're wrong and they're right, but much more of a self-discovery process and a line of questioning uh, to help people with the fact that, hey, like, yes, I'm I'm not only um, hearing what you're saying, but I'm understanding what you're saying about my finances. And now that I know it, 
now I feel comfortable to make a decision to move forward with something else. That uh, self-actualization or self-awareness, you mentioned questions, and that's a big part of, Nate, I'd say that's the biggest part of the blessing that we begin to experience in working with Brock and with Brock's dad, Trent, is that it's the power of the question. And here's the cool thing about when you ask questions, and anybody listening, I want, I want you to ask yourself this. Who would you rather interact with? Somebody who tells you what to do or someone who asks questions and engages your brain on how you think about what you're doing? And those are two very different things. And Brock, you alluded to it. I mean, I would say that even Nate in our late 30s went through a very similar process that you did. You just had it happen in your early you know, 20s or late 18, 19, 20, 21, whatever it was. Because when you know something that you know most people don't know, you have a tendency to want to almost like force feed them, um, which doesn't do anybody any good, you know, in the grand well, scheme of things. You know, we're selfish people in general. Just That's just how we're wired. We're wired to be selfish. And um, in fact, from a, from, a, from a biblical standpoint, all the sin that we deal with in our life just boils down to selfishness, wanting yeah. our way over God's way. Now, but when I think about that and the idea of asking questions, we like the idea of coming up with the answer as opposed to being told what the answer is. So when we, from a psycho psychological standpoint, when you're able to ask people questions and they can arrive at the answer, you know, that's, that's a better process for everybody. Mm -hmm. That's right. And it, what it really leads to, and I'm sure Brock can speak on this is some of the most exciting experiences and what we get to do when we speak possibility into people is to when they believe what we already see, but we didn't tell them they had to believe it. It became a part of their process. And they start realizing, holy moly, this is possible. And I want to emphasize something because this is a huge piece that is hard to wrap your brain around. These actualizations connected to money don't ever require you to spend more money. They just require you to rethink how money flows through your life. And we'll say that again. It does not require you to spend any more money. It just requires you to rethink how money's flowing through your life. Brock, talk to us about your own journey. Okay, it's still blowing my mind that you lived in Trent Fortner's house for all that time and like you, you have no clue what he does. <laughs> like, I mean, and I don't mean that in a bad way. That is like almost mesmerizing to me. Obviously, you probably recognize if your dad has conversations like he does with us and he did then on the phone that he's a he's a positive person. He's encouraging people. He's asking thought provoking questions. When did you go? Holy moly, I'm not going to live a, the life that most 18 to 25 year olds live. And how has that process been? Just the actualization of that. Yeah. So I think the first realization when I found that out was at that workshop that I wasn't going to live a normal life anymore. And I always knew that I wasn't going to live a normal life because I've always been a big dreamer because I'm a big uh, proponent of you only go as far as and high as your dreams are. Um, your dreams are your ceiling. And so I've always thought, you know, with some pretty audacious goals. But when 
I went to that first workshop, that was the realization that one, I'd probably never work behind a desk. And after that would be, you know, I've got a life that I'm going to be able to impact hundreds, if not thousands of people. And hopefully, hopefully even more than that. Um, but through that and, and growing in that, you know, I've been, I've been gifted to be around some of the brightest minds and have personal relationships, coaching relationships with the brightest minds in the financial industry. Um, guys like my dad, Bob Castellone, um, Garrett Gunderson, Mike Isom, Vince Dodona, uh, Justin Donald, like these guys that are major players in the world of finance. I just thought they were, you know, people that were just in my life. Um, mm -hmm. And I got to learn from them. And so my journey with money, I never went through the, through the traditional thinking of, oh, well, you know, you just show up and you get a good job, you get good grades and you max out your retirement plans and this is how it works. And as I'm saying this, I now think back to when it actually started. I took a Dave Ramsey class at school. Um, I think it was either my junior or senior year. I think it was my senior year taught by James Wilhoyt, the UT kicker who kicked the field goal and beat Florida. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're going through all these things and none of this stuff is actually making sense to me. Cause I'm like, why is this, why do they say this? But why have I never heard this knowing somewhat that my dad was in finance? Uh -huh. And that was when I started to bring home the questions of, okay, well, what's going on here? Does this actually work? And my dad saying, well, you know, it, it might not actually work that way. You know, this may be how it works. And that was when I first picked up the book, Killing Sacred Cows. Uh -huh. And it's funny that I'm having these flashbacks because there was also, I don't remember the question or what was going on, but I, I noticed what was different when I was in an economics class once um, with uh, my teacher, Mr. Martin. And he was saying something about finances and something else. And I said, well, wait a second. Well, I asked the question of, it, shouldn't it be this way and how this is working? And he kind of looked at me a little fuzzled and not knowing that I could ask a question like that. Uh -huh. I and mean, I wish I could remember what that question was. But that, I believe, is actually when my journey started was senior year of high school um, through a D Dave Ramsey class. And okay. this all got opened up to me. So you, it's almost like you had this uh, subconscious thing going on because you at least probably heard your dad's conversations and been inundated with them and all y'all's trips to the ball field and the school and all that. And then you had that to compare against some new information. You're like, hmm, I think it's a great um, point that the power of how we interact as parents, Nate, daily, our kids do more of what they see than what we say. You know, that, that really, you know, marinates and sits in and sinks in. And, and then they have that to compare against and go, hmm, that doesn't sound right. So it sounds like, Brock, you've always been someone who's asked questions or questioned what you were being told. Would that be fair to say? <laughs> yes. Anytime I was in physical therapy, anytime I was doing a workout, well, why, why do we have to do it this way? What's the point? Why am I doing this? What does it affect? How does this affect me? Yes. All right. So I'm going to bring up this point as an encouragement to parents and to uh, learners out there. Brock, am I correct in saying and remembering that you were not the biggest fan of school and studying in high school? Oh, absolutely not. I don't okay. Know. Okay. <laughs> I was a terrible student in high school. 
Now compare that to now. Now, uh, I, it is a world of difference. A majority of my time is spent studying and trying to learn. Uh-huh. Uh, so you're saying the son has a chance. <laughs> <laughs> and one a, of mine he's too. A, he's, a, he's a junior in high school right now, and he, he does not enjoy schoolwork at all. Yeah. yeah, give him time. Would would you agree that the when we find the thing that we know we're supposed to be doing or the realm of it, that that's really what draws out the, the qualities that we were gifted with because now we know our purpose? Absolutely. That- Absolutely. Yeah. I, and it always, it, it's funny. Sometimes I'll meet people from middle school or high school and they'll be like, man, I saw you on LinkedIn and you're posting stuff. I'm like, is this the same Brock that I know? And I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, that's me. And they're like, I didn't realize you were this smart. And I'm like, well, <laughs> thanks, but I'm glad I could show you what, what I do know. I, I think there's a really good story in there that, um, you know, I was on a, on a meeting yesterday with your dad and he made the point. Somebody said, well, I'm not sure in 20 or 30 years. And he was asking questions to bring out the thought process of, well, what about if you had really good one year plans? Mm-hmm. that you grew from mm-hmm. and they built on top of each other instead of this, Oh, I got to get over here 30 years down the road. And there's all these variables I don't know. I think what I really like that I hear you're saying is that we all should be a better version of ourselves tomorrow than we were today. And it really, that is the only comparison we should make is that I improve from yesterday yeah. over a day by day by day period or really minute by minute, because we're not going to be the same person which just talks about a lot in a book called The Gap and the Gain and uh, 10X is Easier than 2X, which has been on my mind a lot lately. But so to kind of tidy this up, Brock, what maybe one or two key impactful things as you sit here today that you would want to share with anyone that has been a blessing or a benefit to you related to obviously the infinite banking concept, becoming your own banker, but it's more than that. You mentioned financial physics how money flows through your life, but speak on what's the most impactful thing when all of those things are understood for you as a 25 year old and what you get to do daily and to encourage other people who may not be doing what they're supposed to be doing yet or not sure how to get there. Yeah. So the first thing that I would probably talk about comes off of what you just said, but I, I think I had somebody tell me this one time, but I, I believe that, you know, the day that we show up in heaven, that God is going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. He's also going to introduce us to our potential self. And our job is to make sure that we know that potential self as intimately as we possibly can. Um, And so when I look at that in our financial lives, what I think about is first, you need to understand that you are your number one greatest asset. Um, And when you treat yourself that way and you have that mindset, you begin to understand that your human value, your human life value is the sole creator of your economic life value, which is the things of our finances and everything. And so we, if, if we can spend the time, especially in our younger years of investing in ourselves and increasing our own stock value, we'll begin to realize that money follows value instead of you needing money to create more money, but understanding that money follows value and 
when we can stand in a place of knowing that we are worth something and we are our greatest asset, now we can live a life where we're not playing to lose or we're not playing to win, but we're winning before we even start to play because we've designed a game worth playing and and we get to love that life. It's good stuff. So to kind of recap key points, you are your greatest investment. You are your greatest asset. You're your greatest resource. Learning to pour into that first will create the greatest impact. It has a huge, it's a re- reason that us three are here together is because we've had people around us that encourage us to do that. And you are exactly right. The money will follow once the value is created and how we pour into ourselves. So uh, at Cashflow Legends, we want to encourage you to always realize you can keep more of what you earn so you can earn more with what you keep. Our goal is to bring that to light every time we meet and uh, discuss any topics. And uh, feel free to shoot us an email at cashflowlegends with a Z at gmail.com. Any thoughts or any insights you want, we'd love to get those and uh, respond to you. And uh, also drop us any comments on the the YouTubes or wherever else you see us at, and uh, we'll have a conversation with you. So until next time, have a great one.